This episode is brought to you by City on Fire by number one international bestseller Don Winslow. Stephen King has called Don Winslow one of America's greatest storytellers and Christian White has said that City on Fire is a masterpiece, wonderfully crafted, beautifully written and a propulsive, authentic page turner. It's already receiving rave reviews all around the world with Publisher Weekly, Library Journal, Kirkus and Booklist already giving it starred reviews, saying epic, stunning and brilliant. City on Fire will be released in Australia on the 4th of May, so pre-order your copy now. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 35,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been living with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm uh. feeling sick. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness to your ears wherever you are. Today, I'm super excited to have another conversation with Peter Papathanasiu. He is an internationally recognised research geneticist working in the US, UK and Australia. His passion, however, is writing and he's completed several professional development programs in Australia and the US, as well as earning a Master of Arts in Creative Writing at the University of London. Today, we'll talk about many, many things, but we'll also talk about his most recent book, The Stoning. Every time I read your bio, Peter, it's just super impressive and intimidating, can I say? Oh, thanks. It, it, I, you obviously get it from somewhere. I, I don't. Um, <laughs> you didn't give it to me. No, I no, didn't. but uh, yeah, I do. I do sort of forget about some of that stuff. The, you know, being a geneticist was like another lifetime ago. Really? But it's so cool to say. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to say, especially you know nowadays when people are a bit more savvy about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's just a background things, experiences you accumulate yeah. over the years. Um, and then uh, eventually you sort of fall back on a love, you know, that's writing, which is something I connected with, you know, early in life and, you know, I sort of lost my way a bit, uh, did some other stuff and then eventually circled back. It always calls you back, though. I think any creative pursuit, and I'm starting to think that it's not just, for me, it's not just writing or it's not just podcasting. It's any kind of creativity. It always calls you back and you don't feel your best self unless you're doing it in some way. Is that the same for you? Uh, yeah, you know, it's sort of, um, it makes your life feel a bit more multidimensional. Um, mm. it, it nourishes you, it frustrates you, but, you know, you, you're proud of it. When it, when it comes together and in coming together can either be uh, a book that eventually gets published or, you know, if I go to bed late at night, because I often do write at night, even just knowing that I've written a few hundred words that weren't there yesterday is, yeah. is, a, ni- is a nice feeling. Mm, um, absolutely. You know, I sleep a little bit better. <laughs> I love how you said uh, nurturing and frustrating. It's like any good relationship, right? Both nurturing and frustrating. Well, as you know, as <laughs> anyone says, you know, anything worth doing is, is yeah, hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so writing's no different. And you, you do get you do get 
better at it. You know, I feel it. I can structure a story and sentences, you know, better than a few years ago. But then sometimes you see some editorial comments you get and you go, oh, man, I really know nothing. I've learned, <laughs> I've learned nothing. But I think there is a confidence in you because if you don't, if you don't have that confidence, you're not going to get that story out mm. in the first place. And as you say, you know, the magic happens in the rewriting, not necessarily... Mm in the writing. Absolutely. But I think there's also confidence in accepting edits and accepting feedback because that can be very confronting sometimes. So I think you need a level of confidence to go through that process too. Would you agree? Um, well, I'm a person who's you know, from a number of different uh, sources been, been chopped down a lot, you know, in my life, basically, you know, but with all good intentions, you know, not to get ahead of myself. And, you know, it's often confronting to hear, um, but you know it's coming from a good place. Um, and it's the same with, with being edited. You, you, you know, the, you don't kind of look at the, you know, like maybe doing a sculpture or something, you don't look at the pieces that are on the floor, you look at what remains and you mm -hmm. go, well, that's in better shape than it was, um, you know, 24 hours ago. Um, I like that. You don't look at what's on the floor. I love that image. Well, like 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 any, you know, like even a film, you know, so much of a film, especially an adaptation of a, of a novel, you just can't get that into 90 minutes. So, so mm. much ends up on the cutting room floor. But ultimately, it's, it's you know, it, its purpose is to make for a better film. Mm, I love that. Now, we met last year, December, the Bad Crime Literary Festival, which was so amazing. It was one of the first times I'd been out in forever. And we just had a whole bunch of crime writers getting together. We had panels and we had this amazing room of people walking in and out and these amazing people, you know, like Chris Hammer, etc. That was just such a great time, wasn't it? Being able to connect with like-minded people. Well, yeah, you know, you, you writing is so solitary. Uh, writers potentially maybe more naturally introverted. Um, I think anyone who knows me would say I'm probably not that. <laughs> But you've, you've, you've got to have that uh, in you to be able to sit quietly and concentrate and, you know, plant your bum and not get distracted and stay disciplined. So it's rewarding to do that, but it's also rewarding to come out of it, you know, and, and, and connect with other people. You find some people who are a lot like you, some people who are different, but ultimately you share that, that, that same passion, which is, you know, telling a story, engaging with readers, um, you know, potentially educating, um, informing. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, the Bad Sydney Festival was the first live event that I'd been to for a mm. long time as well. So I think it was that sense for people that, you know, there's a little bit of normality returning, um, having these live events and feeling that en energy. Mm, absolutely can't beat it. I mean, online is a good, you know, plan B, but there's nothing like coming together and having those conversations. And Peter, a lot has happened since then. Today, Arbia announced their long list and your book, The Stoning, is this, um, in the category of small publisher adult book of the year. How yeah. Amazing. How amazing is that? <laughs> yeah, nice, nice, you know, little recognition there. You know, thanks to my, my publisher in Melbourne, Transit Lounge, who are, who are small but mighty. Uh, they, they don't put out very many books, but their books uh, you know, are excellent and they, they seem to be... Uh, well received by the literary communities, and also nice, you know, as a crime writer, we we we, we sort of have our own awards. Um, you know, in Australia, it's the Ned Kelly Awards. Um, in the um, UK, the, the Crime Writers Association Awards, CWAs, the Gold Dagger, Diamond Dagger, all these categories. But to to, to have 
crime novels uh, that are sort of crossing over, you know, and, mm. um, you know, oh, cool. uh, being uh, recognised in some of these uh, awards yeah, um, is, is nice. It is, but, you know, crime, I think crime has come a long way and I, I always think that crime's, you know, come a long way since, you know, the, the dead girl in the laundry in the bathroom, you know, like I think crime writers and readers are so much more savvy now and we want more from our characters and we want the setting to be important and we want our characters to grow and to connect with each other in different ways and we want to be surprised. So knowing that, was that a bit of a challenge, writing the stoning? Uh, yeah, I... Um, uh... I mean, I never really wanted to. I never set out to write it as just a whodunit, and mm. and there's there's nothing wrong with with that. Uh, you know, crime. Uh, read, that's one of the you know nice things about crime books is that they're puzzles, mm. uh, and a lot of people are drawn to them for that very uh, reason to try and uh, work out you know who did it. Um, I saw it as an opportunity. Uh, you know, I mean, I studied uh, a criminal law um, uh, at university. Uh, as well, um, when I did a law degree, I specialised in criminal law. So I always found a really fascinating subject um, because it revealed a lot of the, you know, the underbelly of, of society. And mm. that's also why we're drawn to, uh, you know, crime films and TV shows as well as books. Um, a crime exposes things, you know, something has happened and then somebody comes along and has to dig down into the weeds and try and work out, you know, what happened and why it happened so for me it was a, a really you know good opportunity almost an excuse to be able to 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 dig into something like that um and i wanted to write about a subject that was you know close to my heart which was you know immigration and asylum seekers and refugees you know i'm the son of migrants and the grandson of refugees um and you know these, these things are always sort of topics that are in the news um, you see how different countries are, uh, you know, adapting um, these days. And I thought trying to tell a story like that through the prism of a crime was mm -hmm. a, a really effective way um, to do it. And, uh, yeah, like you say, you know, crime readers are also very savvy. You know, they, they, they look for interesting stories, interesting setups and, and also interesting settings. Mm. Um, and that was something that I made the most of um, writing a book that was set in Outback Australia. But it reveals also something about society and it exposes society. I mean, I've spoken to um, a lot of crime critics from around the world and each are reflective of their own specific context. And I find that really interesting. So when writing The Stoning, and I haven't even got to the elevator pitch yet, that's how much oft off script I've gone today. Right. But if you are looking at exposing something in your context from the stoning, what would that have been about society? Oh, I mean, you know, one of the first reviews I read about the stoning, it came out in the UK. You know, it was only published a, a few weeks uh, before Australia. And uh, I think it was a blogger and they said something like, oh, this is a book that the Australian Tourist Board will not be proud of. <laughs> You know, and, and that's, you know, kind of what, what I wanted to try the and point. do. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, to, to hold up a mirror to our society. And every country has its problems, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, this was just something that I felt that, you know, the treatment of, you know, vulnerable people who were coming to Australia and, uh, was something that, uh, you know, wasn't right, wasn't a very humanitarian approach. Um, you know, as I said, personally, you know, if, if my ancestors hadn't been given the opportunities that they had I, I wouldn't you know be sitting here now um so for me it was holding up a, a mirror to to Australian society and that's something that people say you know that the good literature you know attempts to mm. do that uh it can be very risky 
um, you know, because you can expose yourself and leave yourself open to, to criticisms. But I tried to, you know, say it in a, in a very measured, researched, you know, balanced way and um, just put it out there. Um, mm. Then you're not going to make... Yeah, it's every, interesting though. You're not going to make everybody happy all the time. That, that blogger who mm. said that review was, was actually really liked the book, but he, he was just... <laughs> It's just that, that comment about the Australian tourist board and I thought, mm, yeah. It's interesting. And, look, it's not anyone's job to make everyone happy all the time and you can't do it anyway. But I think those really important conversations and maybe the conversations that we need to have more of, they are uncomfortable at first, but I think that's a good thing because the talking about them at least starts a conversation, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think so many things are taboo. I mean, what, you, sort of, you sort of look around almost as a writer and go, oh, what can I write about now? What is a taboo? What? what remains there's not there's not, there's not a heck of a lot compared to say you know obviously 50 years ago mm. um when writers would have written things that were very controversial um so you know that, that that's kind of something I, I was trying to do myself um and you know, hopefully I, I i achieved it now i usually ask this question first but we just got i got sidetracked give us an elevator pitch for the stoning <laughs> Well, uh, basically, um, a, a, a school teacher is um, found, um, you know, stoned to death in a, in an outback town in, in country Australia, um, and that country town has issues with uh, race and culture. Um, you know, there's there's uh, an indigenous community and and and, and white folk and, and migrants. And the interesting thing about it is that there's a detention, an immigration detention centre that's been that's been set up um, ostensibly to to stimulate the economy. So um, uh, the detective, in my case, is a Greek Australian detective. You know, borrowing from my own background, is is called in um, to investigate the crime. Simple as that. Mm, but not so simple as that. <laughs> now, your novel has been described by Mark Sanderson as Outback Noir has a new star, Deliciously Dark by Alison Ford. Outback Noir, this is my favourite, Outback Noir with the noir dialed right up, Chris Hammer, political crime fiction of the highest order. Joan Smith, how does this feel? Feels nice, you know, to have... <laughs> A lot of those are from the UK as well, you know. Um, uh, noir, noir crime writing is uh, interesting and, you know, my understanding of it is it's sort of, you know, warts and all, you know, very mm -hmm. gritty. Um, and I absolutely went for that, you know, in, in trying to, to, to tell a story about Australia, you, you want to portray it with all its very warts. Um, I actually had to dial it back a little bit um, in that, you know, maybe I enjoyed myself a bit too much um, and, you know, less is more. So I think that's what Chris Hammer uh, was kind of getting at with that uh, quote. And then you've got, you know, the political aspect of the story. You know, I never I never really expected it you know, to be called a political thriller, but, you know, that, that is absolutely one way of looking at it. I mean, you normally think about corridors of power mm. and politicians and that sort of thing, uh, but I guess something that that uh joan was getting at there was that you know it was a story that talks about australia's politics um and that's something i was do, trying to do mm, it's absolutely true and I, I like how you said sometimes less is more because sometimes it is important to let the reader have space to fill in those gaps you know and i really like that as a as a reader myself and what i love about books is once you have put it out into the world we all have a different experience when we read it and i think that is the magic of books yeah um you know you tend to overwrite 
Uh, and that's why the edit the editing process is so um, you know key. Uh, I might make the same point three times in a paragraph <laughs> uh, over three different sentences, and the editor will just come in and go, "No, you can stop right there, Pete. Um, we got it." Um, <laughs> but that's just sort of the natural process, uh, and, and and why you need um, editors. Um, yeah. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? Now, you also have a memoir, The Little One, and it's a moving and compelling memoir of family and place. You trace your parents' journey to Australia, their struggle, struggles as migrants, and the very different world they're from. Now, I know some of that found itself into the stoning. How has that experience or that writing of that memoir influenced you as a writer? Oh, um, I mean, I, I, even people who write a first book the first book that published is fiction you know I heard someone say you know every work of fiction has one foot firmly set in non-fiction mm. uh you know I took it a step further I guess and wrote my memoir first um and you know that was a that was a process that you know allowed me to to learn the craft of of writing um I originally wrote the memoir um and then wrote an, uh two other books which one of which was the stoning before anything got published um, so then I returned to the memoir and, and, you know, having worked on the stoning then informed the memoir. And then when I went back to the stoning, you know, I'd learned from, from that process as well. So I guess, you know, even when you think you're done, you're not really done. Um, and there are, you know, I hear stories about writers who put books in bottom drawers and then pull them out a few years later. And I thought, oh, that's never going to be me, you know, but that's absolutely what, what, what worked out. Um, you know, the memoir was sort of, I mean, I wouldn't call it easy, um, you know, but it was a uh, story that was true, you know, that I had lived, um, that my mum had lived because it was half of it was in my voice, half of it was in her voice. It was alternating um, between two timelines and two narrators. Um, and uh, a friend of mine read it and they said, I oh, mean, yeah, it's a really good job. And I went, oh, you know, yeah, but I, I just sort of wrote what happened. And he goes, yeah, but... A lot of people can't even do that, you know. So, so, so don't, so don't sell yourself short. And that was an interesting way to look at it. And it was a nice little pat on the back. And I remember when I was shopping the um, the stoning, uh, sorry, the the memoir around. I sent it to a, an agent in in London, and they said to me, um, and I haven't forgotten this. They said, "Oh, look, it's great. You can write your own story, and you know, a lot of people can do that. But can you create characters? You know, mm -hmm. can you create?" situations can you make it compelling can you create a setting and can you entertain me and that's the test of a real writer so you know looking back on it it's, it's sort of a bit harsh to to say that only people who can do that are real writers i don't necessarily think that's true but i'm very proud of the fact that in, when i wrote the stoning that i i was able to connect with my imagination and that's something that i was doing as a child you know um creating characters you know, at times it was funny situations, things to amuse myself and my, my little friends at school. But you, you kind of lose that imagination as you get older. Um, you know, the realities of, of life and adulting, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, become your every day. So to be able to sort of, you know, reach back to when life was simpler and create and mm. have fun and take it this direction or that direction, there, was a truly creative process that I didn't have when I wrote my memoir. And it is something that I'm, that I'm super proud of. So mm. I, uh, I did learn from that experience. Mm. No, I love that. I love that a lot. Now, 
you have gone from, you know, you said you took a bit of a break, you did all your research, and I didn't even have that you studied law in your bio. I missed that bit out. That would have been even more impressive. Um, but, you know, you came back to writing, and so, you know, there's obviously something calling you, like I said. So why why do you write? Oh, I don't know, because it, because it, it gives me peace, you know. It, mm. I, I, I remember even when I wasn't writing um, – stories i started writing short stories and then it became uh longer works memoir novel um i was writing these really really long emails to friends and they were like dude that's like a 20 page email single space <laughs> like you know and then i write back four or five pages just to shut me up you know make me happy so i guess i was kind of you know because i just thought oh, what am i going to do today I, I might just sit down and write what happened you know and i'll i'll, I'll I didn't know. I've never really kept a journal uh, or anything like that. So it's usually been sharing and telling stories to friends through emails. And then it just made me think, oh, hang on, I'm kind of writing here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm writing, but I'm not writing. Mm. Um, so I, I just would find that a very calm, meditative process to be able to shut out the world. I often do it late at night. Again, when the day is done, um, you know, when there's not much adulting to do, um, it, 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 it means, you know, it's very quiet and things can start to come out onto the page that wouldn't normally come during the day. Um, so I guess it, it brings me peace. But then at the same time, you know, if any job you try and do it well, it, it's, it doesn't come easily. So it is also very frustrating. But I like the, 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 the to and fro, the wrestling that goes on with something. Oh, this chapter isn't working. This sentence isn't working. Move this around here and there. It's like putting a puzzle together. Mm. And then ultimately that that sense of joy um, and 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 pride um, that you do feel when it, when it comes together, and you send it out in the world and then it gets chopped down, and edited, <laughs> etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's it's all a process which is you know really rewarding, and, and then you have the final product. So, you know, I think you've done enough of these to know that that's what writers go through. I don't know if readers realise that. I didn't realise that when I was reading books. Um, I mean, I realised it, but I never believed it. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. It's a big process, but I do like the magic of books and how you just hold this beautiful book in your hand and, you know, it seems perfect. But I also like to dig a bit deeper and, and look at those challenges and the first drafts because the whole process is just, it is magical, the whole process, even if you know the, the challenges and the hard bits. But I love how you've always lent into writing, so it's always been in you. And I think, you know, it, it always calls you as well. Yeah, it does. I'm also I'm also learning to appreciate uh, the value of it as I'm getting older. Mm. Um, you know, it's something that you don't. It's not like you know, just just before I came here, now I was I was playing basketball, and, and I'm just doing that for fun. Um, but you know, if you try and be a basketballer, you, you, your time sort of you know runs out. Uh, you know, <laughs> in terms of being a prime athlete, as a writer, <laughs> you, you can just sort of keep going and going and going. But also, you know, I've, I've seen enough people in my, in my life who, who passed away who aren't here anymore, um, you know, both my generation and generations before me. And, um, you know, they're gone and we, we kind of remember them. Um, but also their stories aren't captured. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm always going to be proud of, you know, like having written my memoir and saying, well, that's there now. You know, it's, it's documented because... You know, if you don't write it down, it does eventually vanish. So just the act of sitting down and writing, you know, whether it's in tweets or in a journal or, or, or in a book. Or in or a pictures, stream. like an Instagram. Yeah, Picture yeah, yeah. story. 
anything. It's just documenting it somewhere, you know. So it's important, you know, I think, you know, to, to be able to share these stories, to have them out there. There's just so many. You never know who's going to discover it, pick it up one day. Yeah. And I'm a dad now. Um, you know, my kids are very little and, you know, they see me walking around and sitting in different ha- parts of the house with a laptop. And they probably can't recognise me without a laptop in front of me. <laughs> but they would they go, well, what's, what's dad doing? And I say, look, I'm writing, I'm writing a story. And they, they don't quite understand what, they, what that is. They're still not at the age of even writing stories themselves. Mm. But one day they'll be old enough, you know, and they might not appreciate it. They'll be rambunctious, rebellious teenagers and they'll be sick of hearing about dad's books. But the age will come. Mm, hopeful that, that that they will appreciate the value of that and mm. then it's it's there for them to, to 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 hand down yeah no i love that that's really nice books as legacy and books of stories and and books of you know personal stories so i really like that well thank you it's always such a pleasure chatting to you and i remember when we were at the bad crime festival and we were having a chat you're on a panel and i just found your story so interesting and i went i need to speak to you again so let's do this podcast so finally in you know march we finally got there so i'm glad we did that and congratulations on being long listed for arby what great news and thanks so much for the chat thanks danny great to talk to you and talk to you next time